Hello and welcome to The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Today we will be recapping Season 4, Episode 10 of The Sopranos, titled The Strong Silent Type. This episode aired November 17th, 2002. The teleplay was by Terrence Winter and Robin Green and Mitchell Burgess, and the story was by David Chase. It was directed by Alan Taylor. Here is the HBO synopsis for this episode. At therapy, Tony likens himself to the sad clown, but Melfi doesn't buy into his melancholy portrait. Meanwhile, Carmela drags AJ with her to Furio's house to offer decorating tips and companionship. Polly puts the finishing touches on some free artwork, and Christopher finds himself at a crossroads. Well, here we are at the uh, episode that follows the death of Ralph. Pretty significant episode to have after a big incident like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, good one, I would say. Pretty good one, because the story is by David Chase, right? So we right. actually get a lot of humor in this one, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some good comedy in the midst of some very serious stuff. Uh, for me, this is a, like a really interesting episode, actually, just yeah. because it feels very functional that they put a lot of plot stuff that just needed to happen to sort of bridge from the Ralphie death to whatever is going to be coming next. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is really a transition episode with just every scene just feels like an important plot point rather than, oh, here's an overall story that's important about the journey of one of the characters. You know what I'm saying? I would totally agree. And yet yeah. I feel they do fit that in with Christopher's mm -hmm. side of the story. So yeah. this is now kind of we're hitting the pinnacle of uh, Christopher's drug problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the episode where he hits rock bottom. The other mm -hmm. thing about this episode that, and I'm, I'm kind of interested to get into it. I feel like it has the first storyline that I don't really understand. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of all the episodes that we've watched up into this point. Oh, great. I, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we have a, a similar feeling. I don't know. We'll, okay. Let's see. But yeah. the episode opens with Christopher as we mentioned, getting high, and we'll just say it, he squishes and kills Adriana's dog, Cosette. Yeah, while and he's I, watching the little rascals. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, just, I don't remember how sad it is to hear that little yipe <laughs> of right. the dog, and it's just, that's it. Yeah. Christopher's not moving. Right. He doesn't realize it doesn't, doesn't phase him. And it's just, you know, this is this is an episode where things are just going to tip over. Right. It, it's funny. I mean, obviously, it's horrible right. <laughs> and horrific and everything. But it just kind of starts the episode out on the note that it's going to maintain uh, for the following scenes of that. Just finding the comedy and real darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next scene, Carmela in the morning answers the door hoping that it's Furio finally back from Italy, but not quite yet. So Benny is there to pick up Tony. Uh, she's got a really wild new hairdo right? uh, for Carmela. She's looking a little Degeneres-esque. <laughs> sure. Kate plus eight. Right. Hairdo. So, yeah. Uh, but clearly... This is a emotional response, the haircut to her pining for Furio. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And so we pick up 
right where we left off yeah. uh, with Christopher. Adriana comes home, obviously looking for Cosette, take her out for a walk. She already comes into the scene frustrated with Christopher because she sees him just out of it, yeah. high, and then finds Cosette underneath him. Right. And that is uh, really a bad discovery. <laughs> yeah. But the reaction from Chris, too, is just sort of like, all he wants to do is kind of just go back to being asleep. Right. You know, you can kind of <laughs> right. tell he doesn't even really care that much. And he's kind of shocked that it happened. But Well, his reaction, yeah. I mean. She must have crawled under there for warmth. Are you fucking crazy? You fucking killed her! I didn't kill her. I must have sat on her. <laughs> what? I mean, imagine yeah. you were sitting on a dog for hours. Right. That's so weird. That's so weird. You just thought it was a pillow, maybe, I guess. I it, mean, she's yeah. small enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is reaction, though. <laughs> oh, God. And Adriana's just obviously, this is just another like shitty thing happening to her right he already you know called her damaged goods and now he killed her dog yeah she's forced to work for the feds right which is tearing her apart it's been a really rough year mm -hmm. and yeah i mean this is definitely the point of no return chris has crossed the line here mm -hmm. and he really has a serious problem yeah. i also think it's interesting too that not only you know we've been seeing and this is cool as we as we watch this for the podcast it's cool to see how they really did develop his drug addiction you know it increment incrementally got worse you know with each passing episode you mm -hmm. know so when we arrive at this point 10 episodes into the season it's not just like oh and he's a drug addict it's like you really saw it building yeah. to this rock bottom place that he's at now but plus, I think that having to have gone through everything that he went through in the previous episode with Ralphie and having this big secret with Tony and disposing of it, I think what's interesting is that you see in this episode, maybe both of the guys kind of processing that whole very extreme event mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, Tony, obviously, will get into how he does it this episode. But Chris is just more deep into drugs. And it's like, hey, last week... You chopped your friend up mm -hmm. into pieces, you know, and yeah. then buried his head in his hands in one place and threw the rest of them in the river. Yeah. That's going to affect you emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of see that here. Right. Good point. And, you know, carrying along with that whole Ralphie just died thing, Tony is laying the cover story here, beginning to anyway, in the Bing uh, with this next scene with the guys and he's acting very much like he has no idea where Ralph is. Yeah, he's immediately playing yeah. that card. The where's Ralph card. Have you talked to Ralph? You know, not overplaying it, but, you know, he has to he has to show some form of concern. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris comes in and Chris looks like garbage in this scene. Like he's very... Yes. obviously high or has just been high you know and yeah. that look that tony gives him is great when tony's like oh i'll give him a call like tony knows full well what's going to happen it's going to go to voicemail oh right yeah oh they give each other yeah. a, a very deep exchange while right. he's on the phone smoking the cigar they give each other that look of oh right right this is mm -hmm. the next step 
yeah you know to play up the lie yeah of the whole thing yeah and, and if, yeah oh i was just gonna say like too that tony gives chris a very sort of stony look just mm-hmm. like a kind of yeah don't forget you're carrying the truth to the grave yes you better you know keep up this lie just as well as i do you don't know shit mm-hmm. about ralph <laughs> yeah exactly and of course chris came in with a package which right. tony then opens to find it is the portrait that he had done of him and Piomai. and you know it elicits you know a quiet response from tony that is not normal mm-hmm. he doesn't normally just you know quietly walk away but he quietly walks away from this one. And I love the button on the scene. And Polly has so many moments in this episode. But his button of... That's a forfeit. That's our money. And takes the money. Yeah. It's good. No, it's hilarious. Yeah. That painting, too, I have to say, is a funny painting. Like, oh, say yeah. Piomai didn't die. Like, where's Tony going to hang this? <laughs> and, like, he looks so ridiculous in the painting. <laughs> I mean, it actually would have been a very nice painting without Tony in it. Oh, sure. Just the horse. That's very nice. Yeah. But Tony in this, like, outfit that he never wears ever (laughs) and never has worn with his, like, glass of champagne. It's really funny. It is. That's a great prop. I, like, would have loved to, if I worked on the show somehow, I'd be like, I'm going to keep that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're (laughs) going to be able to walk away with a pile by portrait. That'd be the number one thing I'd want to walk away with. Okay. I wonder who has it now. Hmm. Mine would be Tony's robe. Oh, really? Much like the dude's robe. Yeah. Tony's robe, I feel like that's an iconic robe. It's an iconic robe for sure. You know? You're right about that. Something like that. Yeah. Well, moving right along, Tony, just right after that moment, driving away from the Bing, calls up the Bing, tells Syl he wants that painting destroyed. And there's the attitude that we were missing. There's like the rage and like the anger that Mm -hmm. we were expecting. And I would say Silvio throughout this episode is a little bit concerned. Right. With Tony. And he has been kind of concerned in the past. But I think now with Ralph missing and he's piecing together Piomai and everything, there there is concern with Syl in this episode. Yeah. Towards Tony. Yeah. And Syl is not the only one as we shall see in this episode. And uh, picking up from there, Furio, in fact, uh, has landed back in New Jersey. And we just get kind of like, oh, first of all, the funniest stock footage shot that I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, when the plane lands, Uh like that's definitely stock footage from somewhere. It it looks so out of place. Oh, I didn't even With the rest of the show. No, you should actually take a look at that. It's really funny. The plane from Italy lands and you're like, that clearly was not shot for The Sopranos. Like that is from some other thing. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, because it's like uh, Air Italia or whatever it is, right? Right, right. And it just looks very like at odds with all the rest of the footage of this entire like series. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I will say about this, though, that Furio seems very small. Mm -hmm. You know, he's sitting in that cab, kind of sunken in, and definitely not in Italy anymore, as it's highlighted by all the, you know, everyday gas station, fast food restaurants, nothing that you get in Italy. Yeah. So you do get this feeling that Furio is not 100% excited to be back. Mm Mm-hmm. 
in the United States, especially since, you know, he'll have to confront his feelings for Carmela. That's it. That's the whole thing. He had this break from all of that. And Mm -hmm. then his uncle said, yeah, if you want to be with her, you got to kill Tony, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, now he's back needing to face all of that reality. And then here we get the scene of Albert Barisi Mm -hmm. sharing his suspicion that Tony killed Ralph. Patsy's there. Syl is there. They all agreed, basically. Yes, they're all on the same page. Tony's not fooling anyone. And what you get in this scene, which I thought was cool, was a literal representation of exactly what Chris predicted would happen in the previous episode Mm -hmm. when he said, here's the problem as I see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then we see the problem where everyone's like, whoa, if Tony did that to a captain over a horse, like we're not protected at all. And we're all higher ups in the organization as well. Mm -hmm. And we could just get kind of whacked. Like we're, you know, regular ass, like button men. Right. If we rub Tony the wrong way or offend him. I think it's interesting that Syl does not, you know, squash that idea. Right. He doesn't deny it at all. Right. That that is a big possibility. And I think as consigliere that we would imagine would be his first action. Mm-hmm. would be to deny that the boss is responsible for Ralph's missing. And the scene ends on an interesting note of Albert saying, yeah, if Tony did kill Ralphie over a dead horse, mm-hmm. Syl would you know, pull Tony's plug. Kind of an interesting thing to say. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, and, and Albert is such a caricature. Yeah. Isn't he? I mean, I think more than any other of the made guys, yeah. he's the most of a caricature, you know, out of a mob movie type thing. Yeah. Don't you think? Like He's a goof. He's a goof. <laughs> he's definitely a goof. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But we get a little bit of Albert sprinkled in here and sprinkled in there. And we he's, do. He's always kind of funny. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely. I mean, he's he was the guy we originally highlighted that would repeat Right. You know, lines. And he's done that occasionally from time to time that we've seen him. Yeah. So I like I like that they keep that mannerism going. Uh, next, Tony visits Justin in the hospital. Right. And gives uh, Ronnie some money. Uh, kind of just forces it in her hand mm-hmm. to take it. Uh, so I guess that's what you do after you kill the husband, right. the father of Justin. Yeah. You know? Give the ex-wife the money that you owe for doing that? Yeah. I mean, it's funny because he's got conflicted feelings about the whole thing for sure. Sure. You know, I think that he doesn't regret killing Ralph on any level. But at the same time, you know, he has deprived this poor kid in a coma of his father. So I'm sure Tony would rather that not have been, Mm -hmm. you know, the backdrop to killing Ralph. But it is what it is. So he could still feel happy that Ralph is gone and that uh, Tony, you know, himself murdered him and also sort of just be sad about Justin Cifaretto's situation. Oh, yeah. He's a complex man, Tony. Yeah, he is. That's why we love him. Yep. (laughs) And then Furio at the... Uh, front door declines Carmela's invitation to come in. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what's significant here, of course, is he has these gifts from Italy, mm. hands over, and she wants him to come in. But, you know, if he's not going to come in, at least she has these gifts. 
and she'll be able to see what Furio, her secret love, brought for her. Yeah. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Right. And she's heartbroken. She is. Well, so is he. Right. I mean, he's more heartbroken in the fact that he has to keep his distance from her. Right. Because that is the card that he's going to play. He's not going to play the kill Tony card. Mm-hmm. Even the, even after Tony tells him when he arrives and sees Furio in tears, Furio makes up the lie that he's still mourning his father. And Tony has to say, well, you got to get over that shit. Cut to Tony crying more than we've ever seen him cry <laughs> in this show. Yeah. To Melfi over the loss of Piomai. Right. A horse. And we all have to agree it's for a horse. A horse. Hey. He Melfi killed a man it. over a horse. Yeah. And he is devastated by that loss. Yeah. I also think it's funny just the Sopranos tradition of whenever Tony cries, it's always sort of a joke, mm. if you've noticed. Because oh. we've definitely seen him cry before. But it's never represented as like a heavy, right. monumental, oh my God, Tony Soprano shedding tears. Yeah, no, it's more like, yeah. oh, he's. Tr- I think he's trying to shed sh- tears. Like right. he's trying to show emotion. Well, that's the irony. You know, he never cries over anything mm-hmm. that you and I or any other normal human being would actually cry about. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> well, at least cri- not yeah. to the extent that he is. Yeah. You know, the initial reaction, sure, you can cry over a horse sure, that you loved, that brought you joy, but after a certain time, get over it. It was a horse. Right. It wasn't technically even your horse. Did kind of steal it, just sort of took it over. Right. Yeah. It is funny. It's It's kind of like an emotional just transference thing. Yeah, You know, I I definitely am of the theory that killing Ralph as brutally as he killed him and all of that took some sort of emotional toll on Tony in a way. Mm. Not a sort of like, I'm sad and I regret it, but it's just an incredibly intense thing to go through. Mm. So I think he's in sort of a heightened emotional state. What's What's the world that in which when you kill somebody, it takes away a part of your soul? Is that Harry Potter? Yeah. Yeah. Tony. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is Tony is Voldemort. Right. There you go. Tony's Voldemort. His swimming pool is a horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> every every duckling that we saw yeah. was a horcrux. There you go. Now All right. He, back well, to the Sopranos. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Took a very nerdy detour there. but <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> now we're back. Sorry. <laughs> But in this scene with Melfi, she is absolutely right here. And she usually is like the voice of reason that we Mm -hmm. need Tony to experience. Because personally, I know what the sad clown is like. I know what that... And Tony has never demonstrated the sad clown. And yet he always refers to this sad clown. And that's not the case. His sad clown is he beats the shit out of Georgie or he breaks a telephone. Like those are those are his moments where he thinks he's playing a sad clown. Right. No, he gets really angry and he beats the shit out of something. And that's exactly what Melfi says, yeah. right? And she's like, This is not, you know, the picture that has been painted of you at all, especially by your wife who describes this angry, 
brooding or screaming kind of character mm -hmm. stuffing his face when yeah. he's emotional. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah. <laughs> she brings that up. Yeah, yeah. She kind of uh, is sort of tearing Tony apart a little bit, kind yeah. of like splashing some cold water on his face and being like, you know, this sort of self-pitying thing uh, doesn't really fly. You're sort of like a bully, you know? Right. That's, and you, you don't get sad. Like when you're sad, you don't express it as sadness. You express it as rage. Mm -hmm. And last time you were sad was over the ducks. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that's a fun drinking game. Anytime ducks are mentioned in a Melfi session. Yeah. You drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and, it's, like, and yeah. it's true. He's never greed for any person like he did for Pi. See, he can't. Yeah. And so I, Tony can't obviously process the evil things that he actually does because he wouldn't be able to function and he'd be a very bad sociopath yeah, if he did. Right. So we have to remember Tony is a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a lot of that stuff, you know, a lot of that uh, kind of, you know, like you said, the, the Harry Potter concept of a piece of yourself coming out when you commit a murder, you know, he doesn't register it as that. I, I think it sort of gets transferred to something else, right? So mm -hmm. he has this totally like just overblown reaction to the pie on my death yeah yeah there are two um lines in here that that stuck out to me his his description of how he uh maintains his prescription regiment yeah he says you kick it up to 80 for a week 10 days just go back on a stick get the nose up then you duck back down to 40 before the Limp dick thing such <laughs> Yeah. Which, which is, you know, on paper, it sounds like it might work. But Melfi's like, no, this will not work. Yeah. Don't, I don't want you to take double your prescription of fucking Xanax. <laughs> She's like, slow down there. Prozac. Dr. Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, but then the other one that kind of really stood out was just how, you know, Melfi lets him know the suffering that he's experienced in his life has been exterior, but she says, You've caused much suffering yourself, haven't you? Which is just an obvious call out to something she senses in his situation and his, you know, most recent suffering mm -hmm. he's caused is, you know, on Ralph, obviously, and then Ralph's son potentially in the future as well. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he doesn't really have anything to say to that. No, it gives he, him pause, yeah. Yeah, he kind of just goes along with it because it is very true. Mm -hmm. So, in our next scene, Adriana meets with her FBI handler, Agent San Severino, and uh, basically doesn't have any info for the agent of any significance whatsoever. Other than... Other than Chris is hopelessly addicted to smack. Yeah. And then, you know, on top of that, they see this cute dog in the car that drives up alongside them, you know, at the light or whatever. And Aid bursts into tears. She does. Well, not before the uh, agent does tell her about Hazleton. Right. And how they, that the FBI put them on the mailing list, which I found interesting because later Uncle Junior does make a comment about you don't want the feds picking up Christopher who's high on heroin. Yeah. 
there's no telling what he'll say. And yet the FBI are trying to make an effort either to just really fuck with Adriana because they know Christopher would flip out over Mm -hmm. something like that. Or, you know, I don't understand the benefit to them of getting Christopher clean. Yeah. Uh, Other than building a relationship with Adriana. Right. Making her trust them more because they helped. Yes. That's the only thing. No, I definitely kind of questioned that strategy a little bit. I thought it was interesting. I mean, especially if you know that he has a serious drug problem and a serious drug dependency and is addicted to something that serious. Wouldn't you just tail him all the time right. and then like try to nab him? Right. And then sort of be like, hey, we're going to th- put you in j-. I mean, I guess you can't put a person in jail for being high, really, like in any sort of significant for any sort of significant amount of time. Mm. You know, you can't be like, we're going to give you 10 years for doing heroin. That's not really how it works. I guess he'd have to be dealing. But mm. Interesting. But still, you know, it, it's interesting that the approach was the pamphlets. Yeah, you know, clean you'd think them that up. They'd take a little bit more of a direct angle yeah. to capitalize on that. I guess so. The mm. addiction, yeah. But speaking of the addiction, this next scene follows that plot. With Polly and Syl waiting on Chris for these TVs, I like how it opens up with Polly making this comment about the TVs. Carl Malden's nose hairs look like VX cables. Yeah. <laughs> so impressed with the picture quality. But there's still this talk among the, amongst the ranks that Tony could have killed Ralph over a horse. That even Polly, you know, is suspecting that that is the case. But Christopher is late, and Christopher is late because he's trying to get some drugs. But instead of getting drugs, he gets his ass beaten by a bunch of Puerto Ricans, and his car <laughs> stolen, and his phone stolen, everything stolen. And I think you mentioned this. So was it David Chase took this from um, Coppola, who said every like violent scene or murder should be unique or something memorable? There should something be out of place with it or I don't think unusual. David, yeah. I don't think that David Chase actually said that. I think that that's just something that I think that this show does well. Oh, okay. kind of in the spirit of the, Godfather. Oh, it was, it was a Hannibal Diaz original. Yeah. Okay. That, that was a Hannibal Diaz original. Well, you, you mentioned that once and I thought this was a clear case of it uh-huh. where the one, you know, thug is beating Chris with that child's toy Mm-hmm. And it's making that dinging sound with every hit. <laughs> it just really softens how, I guess, sympathetic I feel for Chris in that moment. Right. Right. Because if he was truly getting his ass beat, having that ringing, that little ding sound every time he's getting hit with it, mm-hmm. it takes away from my sympathy for Chris. <laughs> Yeah. If it wasn't there, I'd be like, oh, shit. Right. He's really getting fucked up. But then with the dinging, I'm like, well, he's getting fucked up because he's trying to get H. So he should get fucked up. It's Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> and that's very intentional. So it has that kind of, the with the sound effects, so it has that kind of psychological right. uh, effect on the viewer. And this whole scene just kind of goes to showcase, really, he is truly at rock bottom. Oh, yeah. And the makeup on Michael Imperioli throughout this episode is amazing. I mean, he truly looks like shit. <laughs> yeah, he does. And it's just great. But, you know, you would think someone at Chris's level 
with you know his income and everything he doesn't really need to buy drugs in this way directly right yeah you know you think and like from the street and you know like a somewhat appears to be slightly impoverished neighborhood you know what i mean it's like he's above this but it's just a testament to the fact that he is so dependent that maybe his guy didn't pick up the phone Mm -hmm. the guy who like normally comes and delivers it right to chris's house and he's so desperate to get high that he'll basically buy it in some alley somewhere in the hood you know right and yeah he uh he he takes a beating for it and i also think too that what adds to the sort of pathetic nature of the beating is that chris under normal circumstances could probably have fought back a little bit better Mm. than this oh well I mean, it is. He had a gun held to him. Yeah, that's true. And also, and you know, he, it's multiple people beating his ass. Yeah, he told the guy to stick it up his mother's ass. Like, it <laughs> yeah. just wasn't going to work out for him at it all. It wasn't going to work out for him. But... Especially since he's like constantly in a state of highs and lows, literally. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I just thought, man, like, Chris is definitely. Uh, He's not Jason Bourne. He's like you not. can't you can't just identify everybody's weight and size and know how to take them out. <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> unless true. maybe when he's hot, like hot. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he gets superpowers when he's high. Oh well, he definitely doesn't get superpowers when he's high. <laughs> no. I mean, he goes down so fast. He really does, and uh, gets beaten like pretty badly. He does. Yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting that we do get a little bit of a dinner scene with a Mitchell Burgess Robin Green episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the the type of dinner scene that we're familiar with, with the wisecracks and the funny moments. Uh, it's just an an interesting drop in here because it so it opens up with Tony frustrated the cork gets stuck in this homemade bottle of wine, mm-hmm. right? And Carmela, of course, defends the homemade bottle of wine because it's from Furio, obviously, and. Tony's bringing up how Justin gets this has possibility of getting a respiratory infection or he has one. And it's just kind of amazing how he just can effortlessly turn on the lies to bring up, you know, there's no word on Ralph, you know, they're worried sick and, you know, he has a respiratory infection now and the, she's Ronnie's devastated by Piomai. It's just like how much of that is even true. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Tony is Tony's our guy. Tony, right. we we love Tony. Yeah, but it season four is showing a truer, darker side to this man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just refine it. Uh, the the writers as with each passing year mm-hmm. to add these dimensions and and these shadings to him. You know, he's he's so deeply who he is mm-hmm. that the bullshit you know, required <laughs> yeah. to be basically a killer thug boss yeah. who lives in the suburbs. You know well, what I it, mean? It's so interesting, you know, going back to college because yeah. that was his that was the first time we saw him murder somebody. Right. That was the first, you know, introduction of this anti hero that we've become familiar with with T V shows nowadays. And he did it in an episode sur- that that is surrounded by going to see colleges with his daughter, right? So that's how innocently we started off. Mm-hmm. And now he's killing people over horses. <laughs> like, that's where we're at now. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. 
it's yeah. huge it's like a dramatic shift and and just the overall evolution of this character is just very fun to watch because right that's you know cuckoo you would never think from college to whoever did this right that's where we're going to be and both those killings by the way too i mean this is just sort of another thing i like how intimate like the violence gets with tony a lot of the time when Mm. he kills someone himself i mean he basically murdered febby the informant from college with his bare hands Mm. and he murdered ralph with his bare hands yeah it's just very like up close and personal yeah with tony Continuing with this whole kind of interesting sociopath who can only get sad about animals, yeah, he brings it up with with Hugh, Carmela's yeah, dad. He, he really wants to elicit sympathy from Hugh yeah. and from everyone else. I just thought that was kind of funny, Tony. Like, do you hear? Did Carmela tell you right. about my horse? My horse died. Like, <laughs> right. it's just kind of like it's weird. Like, are yeah. you twelve years old? You know? Right. Like, but you get the eye roll from Carmela. Yeah. And it's like enough with the horse. Right. Right. Well, now Christopher comes home after getting his car stolen. Uh, He rings the doorbell, obviously, because his wallet and keys were taken from him. And we get this skeezy dude, Eddie, who brings him in. But he's good people. He's good people, as Christopher says. And, um, yeah, the the whole moment here of Adriana telling eddie to get the fuck out and it's just so good mm-hmm. uh just a funny like drop in of a character to add add to this scene you know like they add in this episode particularly there are just these random characters we'll never see again that they just drop in mm-hmm. to just change just change something a little bit by about the scene yeah and this eddie character is you know one of them that of course christopher has a low life friend like this right. now you know yeah that's asking for a handout just because you found Christopher and took brought him home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He reminds me a lot of the low life from the episode where Pussy finds out where Matt Bevilacqua was staying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, with the guy who said, "Hey, baby, sure." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, twenty bucks. You know, twenty like, bucks, babe. And this guy wants thirty bucks. Is it? Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. from Chris for for getting him safely home. In yeah, his, in his terrible state. But yeah, Adriana is disgusted. Throws the skeezy guy out, mm. and then she picks up the pamphlet. This is a a poorly timed decision on her part. Yeah, she just goes for the direct approach. Right. I thought that was. Uh... Maybe not the right strategy yeah. for Adriana. She usually likes to backpedal or, or you know slow things down, pump the brakes. But... I mean, to be fair, I think we can assume. We know that Chris has hit her before, but he's never beat her with this kind of ruthlessness True. before. So there's no way that she can really anticipate that he's going to respond by slapping her in the face with the pamphlet and then just flat out punching her. To the ground. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was absolutely uncalled for. Well, obviously. <laughs> it goes without saying. <laughs> but in in the sense that this is like next level shit for Christopher. Right, of course. Right? And then taking her wallet and all of her money and then just throwing her on the ground next to her and leaving? Nah. Right. Not cool. Yeah, no, this is truly a whole new low yeah. for him. Right. And they're 
needs to be a reckoning. We're finally at that point. Mm-hmm. And now we get a little scene splashed into here for our own amusement. Polly finds uh, the guys torching the painting and stops them uh, specifically because he thinks it's worth at least what? 25, 26 yeah. grand, which is a little outrageous since it only costs 6,000 to make. And it's a fucking <laughs> horse and Tony Soprano on it. But okay. <laughs> but he's like, I'd be honored to have that hang in my house. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay. I mean, Polly outranks us. We're supposed to burn it, but I guess if he wants it, he can have it. Yeah. I like how this episode is doing this, right? We get this incident. We get a buffer scene that's still important. And then we get a response to the incident. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get here, right? So Adriana arrives at the Soprano house. Carmela calls down Tony. Right. And then Adriana turns and reveals this, you know, really horrific black eye. Yeah. That Chris is obviously responsible for. And and Tony's shocked, but not so shocked <laughs> that he, <laughs> that he doesn't say, you know, in response to learning that she's been beaten by Chris. You know, his first thing is, what for? Right. <laughs> Which is right. not exactly the question that you yeah, ask. You, know, you get the response from Carmela yeah. and Adriana at the same time. You know, Carmela's like, yeah. does it matter? And Adriana's like, he was high. Right. And, you know... I'm, the next response, though, Tony is is rightly, you know, furious. Yeah. Calls him up, but gets this Puerto Rican on the other line, which <laughs> is, I like that it was deliberately like a Puerto Rican accent. And yeah. Some dude just questioning who he is. Right. That was really funny. Just Tony's reaction to it as well is very funny. Mm-hmm. And both Adrian and Carmela are in agreement that Christopher should go into rehab. But Tony kind of knocks that idea. Right. Because of the family, family mm-hmm. of, you know, the family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't have one of our guys going into rehab. Yeah. And Talking like how, to outsiders. Right. About his, you know, personal feelings and what he does in his life. And his fucking drug addiction. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But something needs to be done. That is clear. Perhaps an intervention yeah. know, is needed. Yeah. So from here, you know, we go back to Polly's place. Uh, I don't know if we've seen his house ever in this much detail before. No, it's great. <laughs> he hangs the uh, Piamai Tony painting. Mm-hmm. And, Satisfied uh, with its yeah, hanging. Nice and straight. And it sits down to watch some boxing. In his uh, plastic covered chair. Right. Yeah. I noticed the plastic. I was like, it's that's good. Oh, okay. Fine. It's a good, no, it's a great <laughs> detail for Polly. I mean, we're yeah. going to see a little bit of his life. Right. We get uh, a pretty dramatic escalation here. Uh, mm-hmm. Carmela no longer content to wait for Furio to come to her in the mornings to pick up Tony. Mm-hmm. She's going to go straight over there to like spend some time. Which, by the way, you know we've seen it before, uh, but this is kind of a different level. You know, she kept it outdoors before. Of course, she has to bring AJ with her, so it looks okay. So it doesn't look like what it is what it actually is. Right. Uh, and yeah, she goes in, she's in the house, but this is really a different level because, you know, she's there to just share some, you know, remodeling tips or whatever, but not really. And you get the sense that, you know, she's cut her hair and everything. She's kind of done playing the game. She's sort of reached her limit of that. 
and Furio has as well. Well, it's, it's just the unspoken, the Jane Austen right. is now has become spoken in this scene. Mm-hmm. They are openly communicating feelings that they have, and they both know they're referring to one another. Right. When Furio says that communication is most important and Carmela says that's the foundation of, you know, a loving you know, relationship, they're talking about each other. Mm-hmm. That's what they're talking about. Right. I mean, he says, right, not like with some people, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of like how he lacked communication with that dental hygienist. And, you know, he he kind of has that connection with with someone else and that yeah. someone else is the person that he is looking at. Exactly. And yeah. you think like, wow, OK, so this really is about to happen. Like this is there's something here that they can't ignore anymore. And mm-hmm. the thing is, it is kind of deep. It's not, you know, just purely sexual. This isn't about just like they want to hook up. We'll learn a little bit more yeah. with her conversation with Roe about that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a connection, which I actually think that the nature of the relationship is interesting because it's going to be mirrored by something that happens with Tony a little bit later in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. We'll get to that. Yeah. But of course, you know, they can't go through with it. Not at this time. And even if they wanted to, AJ is there to interrupt Interrupt. and kill the vibe. Exactly. We must assume that this is later in the day for this next scene because Furio is with Tony as they arrive at Uncle Junior's uh, to find Svetlana instead of the new nurse lady uh, hanging around. And they partake in some homemade Italian wine. And I just love that Svetlana, you know, is so in her character to still be like, yeah, this needs ice. Mm-hmm. This is shit. <laughs> it, I like, yeah. it needs some ice. Svetlana's a, a good character. You know, oh, absolutely. She's, she's fun. She's... I find her weirdly, like, attractive. Well, so does Tony. Yeah. And she's just sort of down, you know? She just has that sort of, like, yeah, you want a drink? Yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. She just kind of has that sort of, she like... Does, yeah. mid, mid-website building. She's yeah. like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, of yeah. course. And that's kind of an exciting, you know, attitude for a woman to have. Sure. I, no, and that's what Tony's kind of impressed with, her yeah. resilience and just stamina, really. Right. With having one leg, yeah. which Tony thinks would hold her back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, hey, if I if I had one leg, you know, I'd just give up on life. Right. And the fact that she's not, you know, that she doesn't wallow in self-pity, the fact that she still lives a very active, engaged life and, yeah. and feels attractive and has a, a ton of confidence, mm-hmm. you know, that is really cool for Tony. He admires that. Yes. Especially since he's in the midst of a period of such great self-pity. That's true. Yeah. There's a really funny moment in this scene here uh, that I don't think I would have caught if I hadn't been listening to this episode with headphones on Mm -hmm. or watching with headphones on. Uh, So Furio says, I go watch the Bloomberg, Mm -hmm. leaves Svetlana and Tony alone, and the scene continues. Tony is talking to Svetlana about her website. And in between their conversation, in the background, you can hear Furio say, no cable. I'm going to pay somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I didn't catch that. He goes into the other room in the middle of their conversation, mid- in middle of talking, you can hear Furio say, no cable. That's great. It's awesome. That's really I was so great. happy to hear that. Yeah. Of it's course, like, Uncle Junior doesn't have cable. 
it's like yeah like <laughs> when you are a little kid going to your great grandmother's house you know yeah it's exactly what you say <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah all right so we do pick up on Polly back at Polly's house getting to see him you know cleaning up the floor but it's not a vacuum i guess you wouldn't call it he's he's not vacuuming no. he's using one of those roller debris picker uppers hey whatever he's got to keep it clean plastic chair i mean he's yeah, yeah, not yeah. he's not fucking around but he's getting in you know a, a very poly eerie feeling about this painting right specifically that it's tony looking right at him right <laughs> <laughs> and there's just something uh you know, worthy of consideration there. Yes. And we'll see where it goes from there. So before, right, Junior was asleep. Mm-hmm. And so Tony was able to have that nice chat with Svetlana. But now Junior is awake and uh, he makes it totally clear what his thoughts are on the Chris issue. Yep. And basically says, hey, you know, heroin, there's only one way to deal with that. You just got to take him out. You got to whack him. End of course, of discussion. Tony cannot do that. Right. But, you know, with anybody else, Tony makes it clear it wouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. It'd be a very easy problem to solve if it wasn't Christopher. Yeah. And I got to be honest, you know, Junior is definitely correct here. <laughs> right. Like, if I'm Tony, I'm very worried about Chris getting nabbed. Of course. By the feds. But, of course, Chris is Chris. And... Tony's just not going to let himself go there emotionally. No. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. I love this detail that I've noticed that nobody likes the wine. Everyone has complained about the wine, right? Yes. Tony with the cork, Svetlana with the ice. Junior says it reminds him of feet. Yes. Everyone hates the wine. (laughs) That homemade Italian wine. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's a, a very David Chase, like, specific gripe he has right or something well yeah and it goes back to a commendatory in a way right the episode oh, that yeah. introduced furio yeah, when yeah, they yeah. all went to italy and they all go to italy they think it's going to be this rich romantic culturally enlightening experience mm-hmm. and they just sort of find that it's a dump mm-hmm. you know by their standards yeah and they're not really impressed by any of the the natural splendor of things coincidentally and this has nothing really to do with anything but wasn't that really the episode that kind of introduced chris's heroin very true use that is very true it was yeah uh so that's just an interesting kind of little thing to remember as we're watching this episode Mm. but yeah that kind of you know you'd think oh homemade wine from italy brought back yeah you know by by hand by someone who's from there oh it would be this beautiful thing but you know, the way our characters look at it is just shitty wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carmela is finally at the point where she can just voice how she feels. Right. And she voices it to Roe. Carmela cannot contain herself anymore. She's very explicit about her feelings for Furio. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. We get a lot of information here. Uh, Roe had her own fling with some guy named steve from the gym yep <laughs> and uh you know she's walking through carmel uh she's walking through it with carmela of really how careful she should be and you know even though carmela hasn't slept with furio we we talked about this this is a real love 
for her. This is something that she's just not getting from Tony or anything else. She thinks she's getting it from Furio. You know, at least she thinks she's getting it from Furio. She's getting yeah. something from Furio. I mean, and it's true. I mean, we've we have no evidence at all uh, pointing to the contrary, at least with regards to Furio. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a very emotional thing for him. He is very much in love with her, mm-hmm. and he's it's tearing him apart that he can't be with her. Yeah. So, yeah, the feelings are, are very mutual here, and Roe cautions Carmela not to cross the line. I mean, it, it goes without saying, even though Roe basically says it, hey, if Tony finds out or even sort of gets the sense that you like Furio, like Furio will disappear. Yes. Yeah. And from that scene, we move into the pre-intervention scene. And we have this guy, Dominic, who used to be part of this whole culture, went into AA. He's cleaned up. He's, you know, different guy. Not to Polly though. Right off the bat, Polly has to comment on what a scumbag he is. Yeah. And basically, we're just prepping everybody for what to expect with Christopher. And it sounds like, hey, this is going to go swimmingly everybody's going to have their say no judgment we're going to talk to chris when he's not high it's going to be we're going to be there for christopher out of love right seems like it's going to be easy should be a straightforward thing i did like how polly just hates this character for whatever reason (laughs) that added level of conflict you know Polly's so hard on him and then the actor who who portrays the kind of uh the moderator whatever you would call it yeah uh, i'm always going to associate him with teenage mutant ninja turtles i just i have to say that oh wow yeah wait is he casey he's casey yeah wow yeah not in this scene. He's not Casey. He's not at all. <laughs> no, but it's he's just not. so funny how like those movies, those kids' movies, yeah, that you know you watch when you're a little kid. Those actors, you can only ever associate them with like the little kid movie role that you first saw them in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah. Definitely true. That's really. Fun. I didn't even recognize him. Yeah, it's been Great. a few years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it has. This next scene. We open with Tony driving with Valentina. And I think this is a very important scene that we have here. Two reasons I think it's important. First, because I finally realize I don't like Valentina at all. I just cannot stand this character. I think the way she's talking about Ralph's son is a little creepy. And she's she's a little cuckoo bananas. She's got problems. Definitely. She's got some serious problems. Second reason this is an important scene is this confrontation that Johnny Sack has with Tony about HUD, which we know he found out from Polly. Right. Totally on Tony's side here. I do think it's a little out of line for Johnny Sack to be like, yeah, we as right. the New York mafia deserve a piece of that. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Also, he's the underboss. Right. He's not boss. Right. Underboss talking to boss. That's true. You can't like, that's why Tony's like absolutely in his right to be like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. I love the line from Tony. So what's up? You make me late for a table tavern on the fucking green. Right. <laughs> tavern on the fucking green. Yeah. I like that. So Johnny says a uh, deal has to be cut. For New York 
And Tony rightly completely blows him off, leaving that threat from Johnny hanging in the air of, you really want to go down this road. And Tony obviously leaving it with a middle finger in the air. Yeah, Tony definitely just speeds off, leaving Johnny Sack in his dust. Yep. And this confrontation, as we will see, actually sort of, in an odd way, is advantageous to Tony. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, before we get to that, <laughs> Polly is now at the art store <laughs> framing place. I don't really know where he's at exactly. Yeah. Where, because it seems like like it's like an errands. I, I mean, I don't know if they have errands all over the country, but, you know, mm. errands is like where you like get stuff framed, basically. It's like a oh, frame sure, store. Oh, sure, sure. Um, he well, seems I feel to be like... at that place, but do they do like modifications to paintings there? I don't know. He's like at the Photoshop before Photoshop. Right. Yeah. For actual <laughs> yeah, exactly. paintings, right? Yeah. I mean, he wants to completely alter Tony's physique and clothing right. in this picture. Uh, it's a funny scene. I mean, it's a funny continuation of this storyline for Polly. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing is just so funny and how right. he wants, you know, yeah, Tony to basically be in costume. Right. Uh, right. And that he feels like that's what the painting needs. That's what it's missing. Yeah, and that's like, that's what we'll take away from the creepiness of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you mentioned, this might this confrontation with Johnny Sack might be advantageous, and leads into this next scene. Tony floats a New York theory about right. Ralph, and this is a big deal because I think Tony understands that people if they haven't already, we'll start questioning his leadership on just Ralph missing in general, that he's, he's not doing anything about it. Uh, not just that he could be the one who killed him. Yeah. And uses this brief interaction with Johnny Sack to create a sense of doubt and mistrust of New York and their involvement. Exactly. Yeah. Which is kind of plausible. So yeah, this conversation with Johnny contentious, but gives tony some great ammunition you know mm-hmm. and we also get you know <laughs> we've, we've talked about this many times before but when james gandolfini is acting as tony acting mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh it's always really entertaining and we get that a lot in this scene yeah where tony is acting and almost sort of in my opinion being a bad actor <laughs> sure <laughs> you know where he's kind of just like i want a full investigation and... he gives a lot of yeah people. well he he creates a lot of looks in people right. right Sil gives a look albert's there carlo's there paulie gives carlo a look for bringing up the fat joke yeah everybody's giving each other looks about this new you know theory because everyone agrees that you know, it's kind of the uh, the Occam's razor sure. scenario. Well, I mean, it it seems like a very bad idea yeah. to blame New York, at least in the long term. Right. In the short term, I mean, would anyone really accuse Tony at that point, you know, for such a big claim? Right. No. And I think that that's what's so great. So many of those those looks are about... Okay, we're just going to go along with the bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's easier. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's the boss. Still, again, yeah. he's not buying. He's right. not buying any of this. No, no one is. I mean, going back to Christopher, 
when he was high off his ass and saw Ralph's body lying on the floor. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe it. Like, he knew. So yeah. everyone knows. And it, I just, it's, uh, it's interesting how they now have to discuss payback for something that didn't happen. Exactly. That's well, a big that's, deal. Yeah, that's the thing. Tony says we need to have conclusive evidence that it was them before right. we pursue the payback. So that means that the payback will never happen because they're never going to get that evidence. I mean, you would assume, yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> we come to one of the great comedic centerpieces of the entire series yes. up until this point. The intervention. The intervention of Christopher. Well, it starts off great. Christopher coming out of his bed. And just seeing everybody there. Yeah. I just, that reaction. And then again, Dominic's past being held against him. (laughs) Christopher just bringing up incidences that have occurred because of Dominic. And he's just getting a bad rap from everyone, really. Well, really just Polly. Yeah. Christopher is now jumping in on that. Yeah. Because this guy has such a embarrassing past. Yeah, exactly. And then Chris is very offended to see that even his mom is there. Mm-hmm. So the intervention begins. And uh, I mean, every moment is funny from, from here on out. Yeah. I mean, with AIDS complaint, basically saying like, <laughs> you know, you're, you know, obviously she has the obvious stuff to complain about. But right. then she has to add the humiliating detail of now that you're high on H all the time, you're impotent. Yeah. Polly's reaction to that <laughs> yeah. is great. Such a great reaction. And then of course, Adriana sets it all off by bringing up Cosette and Tony goes off. Of course. Of, and of course, of course he goes off because this is a pet being mm-hmm. killed. And I just love it that he's like hung up on it. He can't drop it. And he even knows Cosette's name. Right. He says, poor little Cosette. <laughs> he knows the dog's name. Yeah. Which I was like, huh? He knows her name? Right. It's just funny. He's getting tunnel vision over a dog. I mean, because he, by his, by the very nature of his profession, can't respect the sanctity of human life. <laughs> he has to respect the sanctity of pet life right you know a hundred squared or whatever <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i mean there's so many amazing moments uh we go around the whole room right mm-hmm. uh every character who voices their prepared remarks on you know christopher's addiction and how it's affected them it's just great i mean sill one time your head was in the toilet your yeah. hair was in the toilet water Disgusting. I said my piece, Chrissy. Great. I can't even defend myself now. Right. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And, I mean, I have competing favorite lines. I mean, I think my actual favorite line is pretty clear for this whole episode. Yeah. But this was a close runner-up, which is just the entirety of Polly's. Oh my god. <laughs> component yeah. of uh, you know, Polly's contribution to the intervention. I don't write nothing down, so I'll keep this short and sweet. You're weak, you're out of control, and you become an embarrassment to yourself and everybody else. Absolutely. Very judgmental, which was opposite of what Dominic said it should be. Uh, And even before that, again, Tony caught up with the the dead pet. Dominic says, you're getting emotional, Tony. That's because I know what it's like to lose a pet. Right. Of course. Just... 
Yeah. Yeah. It's tripling, quadrupling down. But again, a horse yeah. is not a pet. Right. Horse is never really a pet. Right. It can be a companion. You could say that. Yeah. That's even, you know, I would feel more connection to it if he called it a companion. Sure. Sure. But yeah, no, it's yeah. all It is funny so that he good. calls it a pet, that he calls Paimai a pet. Yeah. yeah. But it on top, well, he inadvertently calls her a pet. But mm-hmm. on top of it, we get Polly's great moment. Then Christopher has his own moment with everyone. Yeah. Oh, well, also we had a cool callback uh, to the second episode of season three when Carmela brings up the oh, fact yes. that uh, Christopher, you know, was, was super high. And then Maureen Van Sant, right, she mentioned this as being like one of her kind of favorite memorable favorite, moments yeah. uh, of of you know, shooting the show. That's right. When Michael Imperioli kind of just went on that sort of stoned monologue that made absolutely no sense. And that, so that's right. Uh, Carmela brings that up in this scene, which yeah. is great. And then Christopher calls out Syl and his strippers. Right. Polly and the Russian in the woods. Tony and his weight. Yes. <laughs> which sets Polly off. And then his mother gets involved, calls her a whore. And they just all beat the shit out of Christopher. <laughs> like, yeah. it just devolves so fast. Right. There was no chance Christopher was going to get a fair day in court. <laughs> it was going to come to this. Yeah. Uh, leading to what the doctor in the next scene describes as a hairline skull fracture. Right. Like, they really kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. It's and great. Then, yeah. And then she uh, gives Tony that, that wonderful side eye. Because oh, yeah. she's like, oh, so he slipped while spraying for ants. Well, he was wearing socks, Hannah. Yeah, so. <laughs> he was wearing socks. You know. But yeah. this this is uh, a crucial moment for Tony and Christopher. Right. You know, they really have it. Tony has it. Right. You know, all, all planned out for Christopher from here on out. Yeah. And Chris is a different Chris in this scene. Like, he finally gets it. You know, he took that beating following the intervention. Here he is in the hospital. He realizes that he needs to get help. That Does he realize it, though? It takes him a while, I think. Yeah. I think it takes him right up to the end of saying that Patsy will always be watching you mm-hmm. for Christopher to really understand mm-hmm. that when he's in this place, there's no coming out until he is sobered up. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think it's just crucial. You know, Tony lets him know that he loves him, and that's the only reason he's alive right now. Right. And he says that, that you know, the that good line of... Or oh, anybody else. Anybody. They would have their fucking intervention right to the back of their head. And, uh, you know, Chris, uh, he lets Chris know, too, you know, I knew you, I knew you were high when I gave you the responsibility of the family. Mm-hmm. You were high the whole time. Right. That's something that Tony either was like, wasn't fully aware of but he had to assume that christopher wasn't just drinking wine with adriana yeah yeah i mean i think tony was kind of giving him a pass before a Mm -hmm. little bit uh but this is definitely the pass has uh worn out its welcome it has expired yeah you know the previous episode obviously he came down on chris very hard for being high and then here i mean it's just yeah this is it it can't continue but yeah i i do feel like chris finally understanding you know oh i have to get clean or i will be murdered Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. he starts you know crying how did i get to this and 
you get that first sense of like recognition where he's finally snapped out of it a little bit and he's like, Oh yeah, I am just like a complete degenerate junkie. Right. Tony and Svetlana. Yeah. Scene opens up. I thought this was a brilliant line. She's pulling out a huge jug of vodka and Tony makes that comment about uncle junior. Is he driving you to drink? I can drive myself. Yeah. Oh, that was really, yeah, really clever line. Yeah, me too. But I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm, conf- I'm confused, and I'm sure you can maybe help me out with this, because, and it's not because of her leg, mm-hmm. okay? It's not because of her leg. But why Svetlana? I mean, why now? Right. Is it just cause? Is that the reason why? Just, just cause. I can have sex with her. I want to have sex with her. She's cute. I get it. But why? Like, I don't, I really, really don't understand why he's having sex with Svetlana. Well, I mean, I think number one, the mechanics of it, once you actually get into it, it doesn't really matter. Wait, no, I'm that not. That a leg is missing? No, I don't. I already said. I, both it's not, legs, it's, maybe. No, it's not because of the leg. <laughs> it's not the leg. I'm not saying I don't understand how that could physically work. <laughs> I'm saying. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, see, I think that's actually really interesting. I think that this is a very interesting scene because, and this is what I was actually going to say in terms of how I liken it to the Furio Carmela connection. Uh-huh. This is kind of different for Tony. Usually he just goes for like the hot young piece of ass, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like, you know, quick. And then out, you know, he's got a wife to get home to who he actually loves. He doesn't love the women that he cheats on Carmela with. And I feel like with Svetlana, this is like the first indication that there's actually just something sort of different going on. Okay. I'm not saying that he's in love with Svetlana, Mm -hmm. but him wanting to make love to her is more about his like respect for her in a way. Like it's, Okay. He's genuinely attracted to her for emotional reasons sure. and not just physical. And that kind of makes things a little bit different. Like their connection, even though he's still doing what, you know, is a, you know, sin ostensibly what a sin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a moral, you know, yeah. he's being unfaithful to his wife, but at least this time when he's being unfaithful, it's, it's kind of about something a little bit deeper than just she's a sexy stripper type. Sure. And I want to bang her. I get that. You know? Yeah. And okay. obviously the drink is flowing too. Yeah. You know, that contributes to things. And also I think that also, I think like in the past we've seen Tony, like a lot of people do go to sex to kind of solve emotional turmoil right in a way or just like sex is a distraction from internal emotional turmoil Mm -hmm. and he's been very distressed and very depressed this whole episode and so he needs this maybe to sort of just bring him out of that a little bit okay that's kind of how i feel about it you said earlier that there was a plot line or something that's never been done in the sopranos have we gotten to it yet Did oh we it's pass not it? that it's not that yeah I, it's not that it's never been done it's that i didn't really understand it and i'll tell you about that soon, <laughs> soon. okay <laughs> yeah well from there we get 
Christopher being admitted to Hazleton. And this is where I mentioned before we dropped in that Eddie character, the skeezy. Now we get this reception character who's just so odd. She throws in all these like, you know, house rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another funny character to just kind of not, you know, put a little note to this scene. Yeah. But uh, some just memorable moments here of Christopher saying he might write a journal and get it published under his pen name. His pen name, yeah. Sure. I wonder what Christopher Moldesanti's pen, pen name, name is. Yeah. yeah. That'd be, and uh, uh, That'd be a nice Easter egg to figure out. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. Uh, he's not allowed to bring in his 50 Milky Ways. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Who loads up on the chocolate? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, he he gives that one long look down the corridor mm-hmm. before walking in, and it's a serious moment in Christopher's arc and his story. It's uh, it's a turning point for him, right? You know, he has to come to terms with the fact that he's been weak, and he needs to change. Right? Yeah, he's he's Big getting deal. a bit of a timeout now. Mm-hmm. And Adriana, I gotta say, her loyalty is amazing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's so upset about oh, yeah. this, and always defends Christopher. You know, yep. even after he punches her in the face until she can't stand. You know, yeah, she yeah, still yeah, yeah. loves him very much. Loves him. Uh, can't yeah. wait to get married. Can't. Yeah. Now we cut back to Tony and Svetlana finishing up, and uh, you know, of course, Svetlana would be the mature and unemotionally attached one. Uh, to sex and everything and tells tony you know like yeah i'll call you and i probably won't right which is great (laughs) because you know all the women that tony's been with through all his many years of sexual activity you get the sense that no woman has ever said this to him ever right (laughs) he's the one giving this speech yeah to the chick yeah and so when it's thrown back at him He's very offended. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. It is really, really great. But it, yeah. they're interrupted is what I was right. going to say. Right. Nurse lady comes in. And now three people know about this. <laughs> it's just great because just the the casting of this woman. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if anything says sexy time is over (laughs) (laughs) it's this woman walking in (laughs) as you're sitting on the couch next to the person that you just slept with oh my god Uh, (laughs) it's true it's true yeah but yeah you know it's it's done and so atlana brings up the really good point that tony is kind of emotionally needy right and she doesn't want to prop him up which is you know, kind of a pun, I guess, because she has one leg or something. (laughs) You're the only one who made that connection. Well, hey, that's why I'm here, to make the deep connections. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Tony's just, he's never been put in this position before. So it's cool to see this uh, little reversal. I would say you pegged it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. (sighs) Moving on. Moving right along. Yeah. Uh, We get a very interesting play here of of Carmela's two men, right? Yeah. Side by side, their lonely night 
Sad Furio, Lonely Tony, making their dinner. Very different ways of making dinner. Yeah. Tony confused about how microwaves work, (laughs) what time to set this rigatoni at. Carmela is away uh, as she left a note. She's at a hotel, spending a night at a hotel. But the two men, yeah, preparing their own dinner. And obviously Furio puts all the work into it. Tony, you know, doesn't. Furio fills up his glass of homemade wine, cut to a full glass of milk. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah, it's a very interesting like moment. Yeah. He's just having these two men side by side. Right, exactly. And Carmela is not there, and they're not really sure what to do with themselves. But, yeah, the, uh, the Tony dinner is very funny. He's like a college freshman. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in terms of his his meal preparation skills. Right. And then Furio, you know, he actually takes the time to make yeah. this nice pasta. I think and Furio even has an aggressive grunt as he's like right. shredding the Parmesan. Yeah. He's like really putting the effort into that. He really that is. Grating. Chef Furio. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually funny, too, because the first shot of him, like, draining the pasta or whatever, I thought that was Tony at first. Oh. And I was like, oh, Tony can actually kind of cook. <laughs> I was like, wait, no. but that doesn't make sense. No. And then I quickly saw that it wasn't Tony. I was like, okay, there we go. That's the Tony I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he leaves the cooking to his wife. He's That's an old-fashioned right. man. So the last scene of this episode is Polly. And we're coming up on a very long episode here. But I think we, we tied in a lot, of, a lot of things from previous episodes. It was important. Yeah. I think. I think. If I may say, we, we came up with a lot of important shit to say on this show. We sure did. <laughs> but uh, this scene is pretty straightforward. Polly puts up his newly painted or repainted, photoshopped Tony uh, portrait on his wall. Tony looks completely different. Like yeah. he's lost some weight in the photo. His jaw structure is completely different. Um, and, you know, Polly's satisfied with its hanging, goes to sit down turns around and still has that stare mm-hmm. that look it's in the eyes right. james gandolfini's eyes peering at Polly. i didn't understand the whole storyline you didn't understand there it? you go that's what i'm talking about oh the whole Polly storyline Polly and the painting his obsession with it yeah and why we were spending time on it and why well, it was this thread that went through the whole episode. I'm not saying I disliked it, but it's not even a criticism. I literally feel like just the meaning of sure. the storyline escaped me. Hmm. The meaning. Yeah. Oh, maybe there is no meaning. Maybe Does it not. have to have meaning? No, it doesn't. We haven't seen Polly in a long time. We're, we're you know, slowly <laughs> right. reintroducing his quirks yeah. back into the episode. And I think it's just quirky Polly. Right. There's no reason why he would want to keep that painting other than just he sees value in it. He likes it. Right. I mean, I was reaching. I was really reaching. I was like, is this some sort of like Polly knows just like everyone else that Ralphie is gone and he's not coming back and Tony probably had something to do with it. Does he appreciate Tony for this? I will go with that. And that's what it's all about. I will definitely. I'll, I'll follow you. Right. On that one. Yeah. I mean, because Polly did want to kill Ralphie in Absolutely. a very genuine way for the prank phone call made to Nucci. Right. So maybe he's like, hey, I, I appreciate Tony. I'm feeling a lot of love for Tony. 
Yeah. He took care of my enemy. Yeah. So I, I want to honor him in some way. I don't know. I feel like that's a reach, but hey, let's, let's like just it. say that's what it is. Let's go with it. All right. And then it's interesting because we don't end with a song like we normally do. We end with marching drums. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is that a sign of war on the horizon? Who knows? But that's a very interesting way to end the episode. I agree. No. But that does end this episode of The Soprano Show. I'm Gavin Bowen. And I'm Hannibal Diaz. Interesting note here. I put a poll up about did Ralph actually kill Piomai on Twitter. Overwhelmingly, people say yes. He yeah. he did kill Piomai, or at least orchestrated the killing of Piomai. I'll say this. I think just being fans of the show, that's what we want. Yeah. I think we expect it from the yeah. devil from the devil right but if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support it there are many ways to do that like us on twitter and facebook subscribe on itunes apple podcast stitcher google play tune in we're on your amazon echo and you can ask alexa to play the soprano show now pretty cool uh but like we do with every episode we end with our favorite line and i think hannibal and i have already uh concurred that we do share the same favorite line hannibal would you like to take it away well it's always fun when this happens it is happens every once in a while especially in an episode like this yeah it's just full of good lines exactly and so we're in agreement here the moment when aj kind of kills the impending love fest between furio and carmella Mm -hmm. is great particularly for the line that he delivers. <laughs> what he says. You said you'd take me to Comp USA so I can get a new magic stick. And I will. Yeah, well, I got stuff to do. I told you. <laughs> the entire thing, starting with the two incredibly dated references. <laughs> well, I, Comp USA is still around, actually. But still, the fact that you would go there to buy something <laughs> right. is dated. <laughs> and also the magic stick. I loved it. I mean, right? Was that the line? Yeah. So it's really funny because the interruption was not my favorite line. Although I thought the magic stick line was brilliant and the stuff I got to do was good. I specifically honed in on just the opening of the scene when he says, why am I always having to come here? Because it's hilarious that he is just, the character is just used as a prop. Yes. In this moment. And it's funny. It's like breaking the fourth wall that the character is letting us know. He's in agreement. Yeah. Why is he always here? <laughs> Why is he always being brought along? It's yeah. really, it's really funny. But yes, I will, I will totally agree that those other lines, the Comp USA magic stick, it's so good. <laughs>